What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the All That Podcast. <sighs> episode 42. Have a lot to unpack. Um, Antonio Brown, Takashi 69, Kanye West's Sunday service, etc., etc., etc. It's going to be exciting. So, um, as you guys know, the past couple of, past two podcasts, I have been like, doing something new as far as just me speaking solo. So usually, you know, I'll have a guest. It's more like an interview series. But now, you know, I'm trying to give a little bit more of my opinion. So I came up with a name on the ride here, actually, for this segment. And it's called Kyrie Speaks. Mm. (laughs) Aren't you more intrigued now? Kyrie Speaks. Mm. So... <laughs> I want to talk about um, Antonio Brown and Takashi Six Nine, and I don't want to talk about um, their situation per se because it's enough of everybody talking about you know Takashi being a snitch or Antonio you know suffering from CTE <laughs> and all that, which you know it could be. But I want to use their um, predicaments to highlight lessons that we all need to take. So I'll start with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, for at least the past six years, has been the best wide receiver in the National Football League. Um, The guy was a six-round pick, um, so nobody expected him to be where he is. And so he came into the league, dominated, was the best at his position. As of today... This guy, who is still very much very good, he just played um, two Sundays ago and scored a touchdown, still looked like Antonio Brown. And as of today, that guy is unemployed. (laughs) So in a culture where we stress skills, talent, we also need to focus on character. (laughs) Character would take you where talent can't. There's a lot of talented people. That character has stopped them from getting to places. So, and that's the reason why, you know, I talk to people and, you know, they say, oh, you know, I feel bad for Antonio. And I don't. (laughs) Because this was a situation that he brought upon himself. Um, We can, you know, talk about or allude to the double standards and how it might have been handled, you know, because you have the Big Ben situation where he was accused of rape twice, and, you know, the most he got was like a four-game suspension. Um, We can talk about Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, and, you know, how his scandals went, and he went virtually, you know, pretty much unpunished. You can talk about that, but stay focused on Antonio Brown's Actions. His actions led him to be unemployed. I always tell people, um, not so much bragging on myself, but I can tell people that I feel like I can get a lot of places that I might not even be qualified to be just because of my personality. Thank you. <laughs> so, you know, my dad always, you know, told me that, you know. Some businesses will hire a C student over an A student. Why? Some C students 
have people skills. Most, I'm not going to generalize and say most smart people don't. But the, um, the message is you can be skilled, you can have, you know, all the smarts in the world, but if you cannot interact with people, they're going to choose the person who can. <laughs> Every time. So one of the 48 laws of power is to guard your reputation with your life. Your reputa- reputation, before you walk in the door, everybody already has a, you know, a preconceived notion of who you are based on your reputation. And you have to work hard to flip people's perception of you. You have to work hard to flip that. Because even if you show them something else, they're still going to stick with what they had in mind the first time. So, guys, please use Antonio Brown as uh, a warning or, you know, an example of protecting your reputation, protecting your character. Because no matter how talented you are, how skilled you are, if your character sucks, you're going to be unemployed. So, let's get into Takashi 69. So there, the boy is singing like Whitney right now in court, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm scared he might reveal something I did. That's how much he's talking, and he, we don't, I don't even know him. <laughs> so, but that's what everybody is focusing on, right? Snitching. But I want to focus on something else, and I think that's really a problem in my generation. And that is being something that you are not. And it's two parts to this. I always find, I need to do a case study on this or find somebody who has done one already, but I don't understand why. Somebody could grow up in the suburbs, have a great life, never have to struggle for something, but still want to be identified as hood. (laughs) And I don't understand why. Grew up, you know, Never had, you know, lights cut off. Always had running water. Got to take vacations. But somehow, some for some reason, they want the perception of, oh, I come from the hood. Not knowing that most kids from the hood would love to be in the situation that they are in. <laughs> so, that message is, is just to always be authentic to who you are. Always. Because uh, people, it's easy to, to sniff out fakes. It's easy to, to sniff that out. So from the get-go, be who you are. It is very hard to keep up a character that's not you. Every day when you walk out of your room and go to, to work or you go amongst your friends, you got to put on a mask. And basically, you're acting every day. That's hard work. And you're not getting paid for it. <laughs> hard work. And that's something that, you know, people do you know, as everyday citizens, but also people do to try to get on. So they see that this works, or that character works, so let me fit into that. But that doesn't last. (laughs) It does not last because eventually you're going to get tired of acting. (laughs) You're going to get tired of playing this persona, and then when you try to be yourself, uh uh-uh, we want that other person. (laughs) Or, in Takashi's case, you try to be this thug. Oh, but when shit gets real, <laughs> yeah, now you're in court 
singing like Whitney. <laughs> so, guys, please, please be your self. I guarantee you people will respect you more for being yourself than you um, trying to be somebody else. I remember I was in high school, and I never drank. I never smoked. To this day, I haven't smoked. Never done any of that. So I would go to parties, and um, people you know, would say, hey, you want something to drink? Like, no, I don't drink. You know, it just tripped me out at the fact that they were like, um, I wish I can do that. <laughs> it's like, you can. Like, it's very easy. And that led, to, led me to believe that a lot of people are walking around doing things that they think will get them accepted. When, I, when they told me, I wish I could do what you're doing, I was like, okay. It's a lot of you know, trying to fit in that goes, you know, into this. So be yourself um, to upcoming artists, you know, have a brand that's true to yourself. Stick to that and things will work out in your favor. You won't have to be, you know, on court, in court, you know, looking like a fool, snitching on everybody. So that's that. And that's it for Kyrie Speaks. Um, now I will bring on Pastor Rod because we have some hot takes to talk about today. <laughs> All right. So here it is. The guy, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Pastor Rod of Union Church. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Glad to be back. <laughs> uh, glad to be back here Uh, uh Talking about some hot topics today. Yeah, huh? man. Uh, if you are just you know a new listener, Pastor Rod has been on the podcast before, and we had a real great conversation. Like um, Shandy over here. <laughs> um, hey. I said, if you didn't know Pastor Rod, what do you think um, his occupation would be? And she was like, I think he would own a motorcycle lot. <laughs> <laughs> And write books. And, oh, and write books on and the side. That's what she yeah. said. <laughs> that's a good one. Though. Yeah, and that's why, you know, the first time I saw him, I was like, okay, this guy is different. So let's, I need to talk to him. Unapologetically and different. Unapologetically. Oh, man. Unapologetically. Unapologetically different. different. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So we had a great conversation. Um, so go check that out if you haven't already. And today, you know, we're talking about. Some good hot stuff, hot topics. Yeah. Um, so, um, as you guys know, the world knows Kanye West has been doing this Sunday service thing. Um, you know, at the beginning, I thought it was cute. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, yeah, I want to know what your opinion was. Yeah, right? my opinion was cute. Okay, here's my opinion. And this is, uh, I got two opinions, but this is my number one opinion, my initial opinion. I said this Sunday service thing is genius. Yeah. Not because of the music. Yeah. Here's why. Kanye West knew that the black community was giving him the side eye for wearing the MAGA hat. That's right. For the Trump support. Yep. All that. What better place to go to get back in good graces with the community than the black church? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was sitting watching Sunday service with my great-grandmother. And she said, 
boy, I bet the devil is mad. And I said, right there. I said, this guy's a genius. Because if you get the grandmas on your side, That's then right. you, you're in there. That's right. You're in there. So that was my initial. I was like, okay, this guy's a genius. It's worked. But your grandma's right. Uh, Boy, yeah. the devil's mad right upset. now. Upset. <laughs> he thought he had him. Yeah. And th- okay, that's, <laughs> that's my first opinion. My second opinion is I think that this is more doing more for Kanye as far as therapy goes mm-hmm. than any doctor yeah. or medicine could have done. Because if you look at him now... It seems like he's gaining weight again. He's getting closer to himself. Yeah. Um, and then another thing, you know, as I know, when you grow up in church, you you always are going to come back at some point. Yeah. At some point, you can str- you know stray far away. And he grew up in church. Mm-hmm. You know, his mother died, mm-hmm. which I believe started his downward spiral. Mm-hmm. And and him being back in church is bringing him closer to his mom in a way. Yeah. You know, because that's where it all started. Yeah. So that's my opinions. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like it's therapeutic for him, um, and it, he could be doing a lot worse. No, yeah, most definitely. So, yeah. Well, well, I think that um, uh, I think that in the beginning, I, it's funny because I started paying attention. I'm a huge Kanye West fan, mm-hmm. so uh, I, I'm gonna give you, uh, I'm gonna give all your listeners and viewers <laughs> um, uh, a legitimate, like, hey, I'm gonna give you like. I am maybe a little biased because I'm <laughs> I'm emotionally vested right. in uh, the genius who is Kanye. Not just musically, he is a musical genius. I, right. In my opinion, I also think he's an icon as far as fashion, for sure. Um, as far as culture, like mm-hmm. he he, you know he he made a a, a houndstooth sport jacket that I would never wear. Cool, <laughs> you know right. this guy. He's just he's got that aura about him. Yeah. And I think God many times uses people like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also believe that God had an original design for Kanye. And what Kanye is starting to come around is to his original design, right. which is to push culture forward, uh, to push creativity forward and so forth. Um, I, I think when it when it first started. <clears throat> I thought, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. You know, I, I can see what he's doing. Um, I didn't think it was, I would watch mm-hmm. and and listen, but I didn't really see it as a yeah. church service. It was like, oh, yeah. I see what he's doing. He's calling it Sunday service, right. which by the way, we pride ourselves. We don't call our church services church services. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use similar verbiage. We call it a Sunday morning experience. Okay. Uh, because there's a lot of negative connotations, uh, especially for some of you that grew up in church. Mm-hmm. Uh, spiritual abuse, uh, you know, patriarchal pastors that are uh, right. only speak from a male point of view, don't speak to God doesn't have a gender, you know, like yeah. <laughs> there's all these things that go into it. Uh, so we wanted to erase. We want to distance ourselves a lot from that. Mm-hmm. So we call it a Sunday morning experience. There's two reasons for for that. Is one, it, it separates you from that. Number two, we do believe that God and His power through the Holy Spirit uh, is in our services, and the way you walk in is not the way you walk out. Therefore, life transformation happens, and there is an experience. Right. So we labeled it as such. Mm-hmm. So looking at this, I was like, okay, Kanye is doing something called Sunday services. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see what he's doing. He's bringing attention to Sundays. Um, and at first, it, you're right. It looked like just a bunch of friends and family gathering. Yeah, like a little, you know. Cool. Like, yeah. all right. 
Um, Remixing, you know, secular songs. Yes, and gospel. You know, exactly. Like, okay. And yeah. I thought that was really cool. It was. Then I saw his interview on Letterman mm-hmm. on 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 Netflix. Oh yeah, my last guest. I mean, my something guest. Yes, I know what you're talking yes, about. yes, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and um, and it was uh, the most authentic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kanye, I've seen in a really long time. It was. Not trying to be pretentious, pretentious mm. not trying to hide his hurt and his brokenness. Right. Just being really open, but yet very Kanye. Kanye can be very confrontational in how he says things. Right. He's very a very emotional person. Yes. And yeah. he wears it on a sleeve right. to let you know how he feels. And uh, he talked very candidly about... Um, his bipolar uh, disorder, right, um, and his depression and his downward spiral, and he really talked about and shared with David Letterman how the Sunday service was healing for him, right. Uh, and it's I really believe that God can use any situation and yeah. any place, and I think that's what happened to him. As as he drew closer and he consecrated, very churchy word, y'all, but <laughs> gave himself on Sundays to to healing. Right, God met him. I believe mm-hmm. God met him in those services. I listened and- to a TD Jake sermon yesterday, and something he said reminded me. Uh, maybe love of the Kanye. bishop, great guy. Made me think of Kanye because he was talking about David. And how people at that time, and still people today, are confused on how God can say, this is a guy uh, after my own heart. Mm-hmm. And when David was pretty <laughs> jacked up yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but he was like, you know, David, you know, he dances for me. He sings my praises, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So that reminded me of Kanye in a way, because people will look at it with skepticism because of, you know, it's Kanye, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the Amber Rose phase of his life and, you sure. know, Kim Kardashian, you know, mm-hmm. and then that situation. And so they'll look at him and it's like, how, how is it possible that God can use him? Mm-hmm. But if you're a real studier or not even, just if you know, you don't even have to know a lot, just a little bit about the Bible, you will know that throughout it, God always used outcasts of society yes. or misfits or people you wouldn't think yes. that were deemed enough to be holy enough yes. to be used. Yeah. And that's really the theme of, I think this whole Kanye experience is, mm-hmm. Uh, God will always use those that are, are unqualified yeah. to reach a generation. For sure. That hasn't changed. I'm, I'm preaching at the at uh, at church on a sermon series called "I Have a Dream." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's on Martin Luther King's famous uh, speech. Uh, he's one of my heroes, so I pull a lot. I study his sermons. I mm-hmm. listen to his sermons. Uh, you know, my my life is well, he's one of the very first people in history that changed how I saw uh, mankind right. uh, was Martin Luther King. So, uh, but basically I based it all on the fact that we all have dreams. We can all be an MLK. We can all change history. Right. Um, if we just follow what David wrote to us in Psalms 23. Mm-hmm. So the whole sermon series is based on Psalms 23. And what he is talking about in this Psalm is that he finally understood, looking backwards on his life, that God was his shepherd, that the Lord was always with him, that mm-hmm. he didn't need anything else but the Lord. And that's what God used in him, right. is the fact that he relied solely on God. Mm-hmm. So God used David, the youngest son of Jesse, a farmer, a sheeper, a shepherd, right, to, yeah. to, to rule... Israel 
And from him came the wisest, richest man that ever lived, Solomon. This is a legacy left behind, but it started yes. off after God using someone that was unqualified. By the way, the person that David replaced was Saul. Saul right. was gorgeous, mm -hmm. tall, strong, wanted by every woman, mm -hmm. but felt inadequate. There's a lesson here. <laughs> you talked a little bit about Antonio Brown. Yeah. I've said this in multiple, I started off in my sermon series talking about this, and I said, guys, it does not matter what your talent is, how gifted you are mm -hmm. at whatever, singing, playing, creating, speaking. There's this, in the church culture, there's, oh, he can preach. Yeah, but does he have character? Right. Can, does his life emulate and look like Jesus? And, and, and if that's the case, then all he is is a motivational speaker. And I'm not just talking about Joe Osteen. No, I'm no, talking about, about there's that. a whole bunch of out there that can whoop and holler. I mean, yeah. I've been. Can put on a great show. Yeah. I never forget. We were at somebody's funeral. And uh, we were at the, at the church that my family, you know, went to growing up back home in Port Arthur. And it's the same pastor from way back then. <laughs> And, UGK, uh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the truth. Shout out to Bum B. Yeah. <laughs> Port Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Port in the house. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so my dad, like, my dad said, watch. The pastor is going to go to the right of the pulpit, and he's going to rest his arm when he's getting ready to close. Sure enough. Boom. Routine. Yeah. Like, people are really good at putting yeah. on... Yeah. Show. Yeah, I mean, I I study preachers. It's my craft to mm -hmm. encourage. Um, not. I mean, obviously, I preach within my sermons, and if I can give you a description, I finally came up with the best description of who I am as a preacher, right? Mm -hmm. And if I was, I, I'm actually grew up in black culture, and I love hip hop, so I'm gonna give you a modern day person of like. Have y'all ever seen a Travis Scott concert? It's crazy. Okay, that's me preaching. He loves Travis, Travis Scott. Travis Scott, baby. <laughs> I, I, you know, there are there is no downtime. Yeah. There is there's moments where I'm transitioning from point to point. Yeah, but yeah. I'm a yeah, but I'm a yeah, yeah, right into it. Bro. Like I believe people are going through things. Mm -hmm. I believe there's enough shame in their life. I believe they have, they know what they did wrong during the week. Yeah. They don't need to be told what they did wrong. They need to be told what the solution to that shame is. Right. And so I encourage that. And that's, that's my style. I finally, I feel very comfortable there. Mm -hmm. um, there's probably people listening that, you know, I've been to seminary school and uh, we call it cemetery school. Cemetery school. Yeah, because <laughs> that's where your faith ends oh, and, and, and your theology begins. Right. You know, I do think there are some good things about having theology and doctrine, but mm -hmm. really it's got to be about your raw faith and the way Jesus did it and the way Jesus right. uh, imparted it onto his disciples. Yeah. And so that that's, that's uh, I believe that that's what I'm called to do. I'm very confident in that. I'm very comfortable in that. And so that's really what it amounts to when it comes to on a Sunday morning. So I've been encouraging the church through the Psalms 23, but the, 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 the idea behind all that is exactly what you're talking about, mm -hmm. is God can use uh, uh, any crooked stick to make paths straight. Yeah. I had an apostle tell me that one time, mm -hmm. and it stuck with me, you know? Um, and that's the truth. If you look at the disciples, right, 
Uh, I'm going to bring up a point mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. in a little bit here yeah. when I'm talking about Kanye. Mm -hmm. But God's always used. Jonah was racist. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeremiah was a suicidal, depressed being. Yeah. Right, the person uh, who wrote most of the New Testament killed Christians. That's right. <laughs> and Paul was yeah. Saul of Tarsus was mm -hmm. a persecutor. He hated Christ. Right. He hated. He was an a, a breathing, living anti Christ for sure. Until he met the Lord, right, and then everything changed. Mm -hmm. um, and and we can go on. David uh, was Mary unworthy. Magdalene, yeah, Noah was a drunk, yeah. and Moses had a temper and stuttered yep. and was a failure and a murderer and ran for his life for 40 years, you know. Um, Rahab was a prostitute, mm -hmm. right? Doesn't um, that let you know, though, that I just posted this today. Every gifted person is spiritually conflicted. Yes. I, I believe, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. And I think they're God's create. God's the creator. I want you to right. paint this picture, right? Mm -hmm. God is the creator. Therefore, anything that is created mm -hmm. is in the image of God. Right. I, I said this a long time ago, but if it doesn't matter what type of music you're playing, someone created it. The, the lyrics can be horrible, mm -hmm. but the melody, the beats, the way it was arranged was created in the image that God gave man with free will. Now, man does what he wants with the free will. Right, but it was and given dedicates to it God. to the wrong thing. Yeah. That's why... Like the pagan worship, mm -hmm. it, it was worship is supposed to be for God, turning it to something mm -hmm. or someone else. Yeah. That's what makes it pagan. But the worship is God. It's it's like God created, and creativity is God's. So every every, uh, every broken mess has something very creative in them that they can offer the world. For sure. So hence Kanye. I don't know why it's such a surprise. It makes total sense. It really does when you think about it. You think about the fact that the dude literally, um, <laughs> no, he literally, that too, but he literally came in the rap game, which at that time was dominated by 50 Cent, you know, gangster hoe. Shout out to Ho. But Gangster Rap, you know, all this. And this guy comes in, and his lead single is Jesus, Jesus Walks. Walks. Yep. What? Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. And his <laughs> album, College Dropout, yeah. it's about being in school mm -hmm. and wearing dope polo sweatshirts. Like, yeah. I always, like, like, I've loved Polo and Tommy since I was a kid. Because right. it was like, that was like. Yeah, we didn't have Balenciaga when we were growing up. Yeah. Like when you was a balling, when I was hustling, mm -hmm. we was buying Tommy and polos. So <laughs> I still rock Tommy and polos, yeah. right? He made that cool again. Like he, he made it like Ralph Lauren design. We were in high school. Dope. We were all wearing polo shirts. Yeah, mainly he, because of Kanye. Yeah, well, he brought that back, yeah. and and so you could still bring that kind of like that 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 style back because of Kanye. Yeah. He's created that avenue for you to bring back something from the past. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, I, I it, it makes total sense. Here's a, I want to say something that will connect kind of the dots. Uh, the other thing I have in common with Kanye is you won't have a lot of pastors that will tell you this, but I will go on record mm -hmm. uh, that Exclusive. I, I, I have, <laughs> I have, I'm bipolar. And, and a lot of people have a stigma. By the way, Antonio Brown is bipolar. He's definitely struggling with something. Okay, so now that I 
when when Kanye first was diagnosed with bipolar, mm-hmm. he, if you listen to that his last album, he says it's awesome. It's uh, this is awesome yeah, on the bipolar, first song on the album he was and like, he's talking yeah. about it's a superpower. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. This is before I got diagnosed. So going back to September of last year, I was in a. Uh, I've always struggled with depression, but I didn't understand where I was coming from. Yeah, because my faith is so high, and I ride this wave with God, and I trust Him so much. But I hit this part of my life where uh, the depression started to creep back in and it became stronger and stronger and I couldn't understand. And I, I, I didn't, wasn't losing my faith, but I was asking God, like, what's going on? I had, there's a ton of things that happened to me. I couldn't sleep. Uh, um, I, I started getting anxiety attacks again. Yep. I was having a hard time articulating words. It was, mm-hmm. it was nuts. The only time I felt normal was preparing my sermon and, and preaching. That's the only time I felt normal. Everything else was like a, a grind, mm-hmm. a fight. I had to pray through, worship, cry, all kinds of stuff. Right. But I was going through counseling. So here's what I will tell you is I am admitting that I have bipolar disorder. I have depression. But if you're listening in any capacity in leadership, whether it's ministry or not, but specifically if you're leading people and you're pastoring people, and you have an inkling of depression, if you don't seek counseling, it is irresponsible, poor stewardship of what God has given you, Hmm. and you're doing a disservice to the kingdom of God. So swallow your pride, humble yourself, and get some help. That's interesting because, okay, in the church, you know, Those things, like if you came to your parent, if your parent was like in, heavy into God and church, you say, "I'm depressed. Pray about it." Yeah. Or I'm pray about it. Mm, yeah, or, I'm you do. Like, pray about it, which you do. But you're saying also get the proper, proper help yeah. also, which yeah. is like, not you never hear that for yeah. most people in church. Yeah. Well, I can prove this biblically. Mm-hmm. In James, in the book of James, he says that confession, healing comes from confession of the mouth. Mm-hmm. So when you go to a counselor, you're confessing to your counselor the raw feelings, emotions, and thoughts you have that you won't even dare tell your own spouse. And so what he does is he hears you out and is with his professional training. By the way, there are counselors that are, 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 um, that are Christian. So right. I go to a Christian counselor. And My grandmother is one of them. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, they're godsend. And what yeah. they do is mm-hmm. they identify your gift. He knows I'm a pastor. His, his concern and his investment in me is that I don't quit. Mm-hmm. that I don't take my life, that I be healthy for my congregation. And I value that. Mm-hmm. And so what he's done is he takes what I'm saying, and you know what he does? What the Bible tells us, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, he says, Pastor, you need to knock that out. That's not true. That's in your mind. Here's who you are. Here's what you're called to. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to talk about. Mm-hmm. Here's the conversations you need to have. This is called accountability. And right. what we've talked, what we've made ourselves out to think, or the Christian world is, if you're the man of God, you don't struggle. Well, that's not true. The man of God is humble enough to re- recognize he's struggling with something, and he goes to get help. Right. Well, in those sessions, uh, in about probably early May, uh, so it's been a few months now, uh, he looked at me and he says, I have to tell you something that I've recognized in you for some weeks now, mm-hmm. right? I go every other week, and I say, what is that? And he says, I believe you're bipolar. 
and he saw my face. Ah, pastor, don't don't make that face, you know. And he yeah. explained what bipolar is. He knew from the very moment I met him what she picked up on. What was her name again? Shandy. Shandy. Well, Shandy picked up on. Mm-hmm. He's got a high energy. He's super energetic. There's a mental energy that you carry. I I I don't have to say very much to bring this like excitement into the room. Like something we're gonna make something happen. Something's right. gonna happen. He picked that up right away. Mm-hmm. And when he picked that up, he built on that. And so when I would describe my lows, they were just as powerful as that energy. This is bipolarism. You go from swing to swing. Right. And what he identified as he conversated with me is my faith has carried me through a lot of this. Now, once I embraced the fact that I was bipolar, you know what I became? I became aware. And so when I would feel low, I know, oh, it's my bipolarism acting up. Mm-hmm. Today's a day I need to shut down my computer. I need to shut down my phone. Mm-hmm. I need to tell my team I'm unavailable today. And I need to do something that's self-care. Right. Right. Well, it might be listening to a sermon. It might be walking the mall. It might be going to a public place. And I have this prayer that I do. I said, Jesus, help me help people. And I promise you, every time I'm feeling low and I pray that, God puts someone in my path miraculously mm-hmm. that needs to hear from God. And I, I, we could talk another hour of conversation, uh, but... And that's I've, like therapeutic for you, too. Yeah, and I'm literally like the last one, uh, one that I remember powerfully I told the church about was I had that moment. It was on a Monday morning. Mondays are tough for me mm-hmm. because a Sunday is such a high for me. Right. And so Monday I was low, and I just said, Jesus, help me, help me. I had traffic and so forth. I was delayed about 15 minutes, but when I was on my run, I was delayed 15 minutes, mind you. But at the moment I began my run and my workout, mm-hmm. I got about 80 meters into my workout, and I noticed a tall black man wearing dark shades where most people would totally, uh, you like, know, oh, okay. that, oh, stay away from him. Right. I made a joke to him. And in that conversation, I said something about I don't run from anything or anyone. I run to the Lord. And he shook his head. And then later he said, he caught me back on my run. He says, I want to thank you for that. I really needed to hear that. Wow. And I could hear his voice cracking. This is six foot six, big old tall guy, right? Yeah. And he, and I, whoa, I stopped and I started talking to him. And I realized that he was going through something. Mm-hmm. And out of, out of my mouth, I didn't prompt it or anything. I said, you've been praying all night, haven't you? And he said, he started crying. And he said, yeah. Wow. And I prayed right there, open street on the sidewalk. Cars are going around us. I'm praying for I laid hands on him. And I prayed for him. And I was an answered prayer to whatever he was praying all night. Right. But I believe it's because I told God, hey, help me help someone. Right. It's like his prayers and your prayers. Boom. Mm-hmm. So day. this is where, yes, you pray, but mm-hmm. you also have to be mindful of what you're doing. Right. So you, you combine all this thing. This is what's helped me figure out. So now identifying your bipolarism, mm-hmm. I went back to listen to Kanye's album, and I started to realize, oh, he's right. It is mm-hmm. my superpower. We can do things, and we think th- differently than everybody else, mm-hmm. but we just have to be aware of those lows and find healing and self-care. So when Kanye started doing the, the Sunday services, now right. it all starts to make sense. This guy's looking for, for healing. Right. Right. Kim was interviewed on The View, and she talks about mm-hmm. the moment he gave his life to Jesus, like recently. Yeah. And that changed everything. The Sunday gathering wasn't no longer about friends or healing. Mm-hmm. It was about worshiping Jesus. And so there's a unique story there that's being uh, drawn out of Kanye 
that we're just seeing the beginning of. I'm expectant. I'm excited to see. His album, Christian album, comes out on the Jesus 27th. Is king. Yeah. 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 So we'll Jesus. see yeah. what that's about. So what do you think about intersecting um, the quote-unquote world, secular world, and Christianity? Because, you know, for a long time, you know, it was like, you know, we, we're not of the world, blah, blah, blah. But there's so much, okay, it's like different um, terminology, but it's basically saying the same thing. So would you ever be in a service, for instance, and, and instead of maybe preaching from the Bible, you pick up a book like The Four Agreements, mm-hmm. and then you you tie that into something with Jesus and mm-hmm. use it. Is, what do you think about combining the secular and, you know, the church? Is that, like, something that you're like, well, we still need to be separate, or do you embrace, like, um, the intersectionality of it? As the great Apostle Paul, Mm -hmm. I totally embrace it. Okay. And so I say that because there are people listening that may immediately want to disagree and start grabbing the Bibles and regurgitating verses out of context. Mm -hmm. But the Apostle Paul, right, for those of you trying to dig up in your Bibles, look up the sermon at Mars Hill. Mm-hmm. in which he preached a sermon about Jesus with the, the unknown God in the Pantheon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let me go back. Let's go back a little bit. I don't even need to search the Bible because mm-hmm. it's so in me, and I preached this when I was a youth pastor, is Jesus takes the disciples uh, to a place called Caesarea Philippi, mm-hmm. and he takes them to this rock. By the way, this place exists till today. There's a, a stadium there in the background. Um, and in this place, he stands and he tells Peter, on this rock, I will build my church and I will hand you the keys of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's a rabbinical term for I will hand you the authority to interpret and teach the holy scriptures mm-hmm. to mankind. That's what the handing the keys right. uh, for those looking for context. This is what it means. But Jesus was standing in a place that was pagan. It was a place where Pan was worshipped. Let me explain to you what Pan was, how Pan was worshipped. Break it down. He was, there was a statue there, and there was a hole, a crevice in the hillside. They believed that when they worshipped Pan, demons would fly in and out of this crevice to come claim souls. <laughs> this is very demonic. Yeah. And what they would do is to worship and summon Pan was have orgies on this rock. And yet Jesus takes the disciples and says, on this rock, I will build my church. But remember, he says, and the gates of hell will not prevail it. Therefore, we have to remember that the light that is in us is a direct threat to all darkness around us. For sure. I can go anywhere and talk to anyone, and if there's a demon inside of them, that demon is screaming the moment I open up my mm-hmm. mouth. But you have to be firm in your faith mm-hmm. that that's what you have inside, and that your heart is pure, and that your heart is clean, and that it is not religious. Right. And so my answer to that is unapologetically, yes, I embrace both. Paul did it. Why not us? Right? Here's what Paul says I did pull this up for our our, our conversation, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of like what 
the whole conversation around the Kanye deal is, well, he hasn't been vetted. He Mm -hmm. hasn't been through a process. Well, here's what people don't realize is Rich Wilkerson Jr. has many years of investment in Kanye and Kim. Mm -hmm. He married them. But before he married them, he had a relationship with them. So we're talking about five, six years of process of walking out a relationship, of praying for Kanye, of believing in him, of imparting in him, Mm -hmm. on walking him along, of being there in crisis. Rich Wilkerson probably didn't put it on Instagram, but he was probably at his side when he was going through his manic episode. Yes, probably so. And so now you have Kanye coming to a new fold it is not some random thing he has. There is some hard work that has come behind that. For sure. Chance the Rapper, same thing. Yep. I think but Pastor Coates, I think is his name, last name, mm-hmm. in Chicago. Same thing. It's a long... Justin Bieber recently started leading worship. True. Judah Smith has eight years of, ex- of imparting wisdom, counseling, and relationship in him. Yeah. And so now you have them come to a faith. They have a realization and Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he's writing to the church in Corinth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the church in Corinth is is a church in Greece that is very diverse. It's, I want to paint the picture of it. It's like Houston, Texas. It's a port city. Mm-hmm. It's got every possible race, uh, religion, pagan, everything you could think of in this port city. And, it, and he says, but there's Jews too, right? So there's Jews, there's Gentiles, there's pagans. There's Romans. There's everything. They're all worshiping together. Mm -hmm. But he says, even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. Then he goes on to say, while I'm with the Jews, Mm -hmm. I act like the Jews. I become the most Jewish person I can become. Right. But when I'm with the Gentiles, I become like the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. And the reason I do this is because... I may bring some to Christ. Wow. Adapting to your environment. Adapting to your environment. So listen, like we have we anyone that that contradicts this is going to be religious, um they're going to be dogmatic mm-hmm. and they're going to come they're going to come with this attitude of holier than thou. And the word holiness means set apart. That means that I don't look like anyone else or I don't act like anyone else. That means I'm attractive. That means I'm approachable. That means I'm appealing. Right. It does not mean that I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. I have to find common ground with people. And this is what he is. He Paul is saying for us to share the good news, we can't treat the world like they're demons and villains. It's a turnoff to people. It is a turnoff. A big turnoff. You know? The second part of this Kanye conversation, uh, when I texted you, I was like, bro, the Facebook theologians are out. Oh, yeah. And and if you're watching, I apologize, but I'm going to continue to call you that because that's what you are, (laughs) a Facebook theologian. You got a lot of knowledge. Mm -hmm. I I appreciate that. I love knowledge. You like to read. We're sharing how much I love to read. Uh, A lot of people mistake me Mm -hmm. and think that I don't have a deep, profound grip on scriptures. I do. But I unapologetically make it simple for the common man to accept Christ. Right. And that's a craft that God gave me. Mm-hmm. When I'm with, I can be in a meeting with prophets and apostles and completely be in a comfortable zone and speak very intelligent, mm-hmm. uh, theological uh, breakdown of scriptures, exegete, 
and I could tell you my hermeneutics on things. Mm-hmm. But these I don't things, even know what that word yeah, is. Yeah, it basically means what you uh, believe about a certain verse, what your, your okay. belief system around a verse. But Facebook <laughs> theologians like to throw this out mm-hmm. to make themselves seem like they're closer to God. Right. And so, but here's what, I, here's what you're going to find. Here's what defines a Facebook theologian. They've got all the knowledge. They're very smart. They're very articulate. They can put a lot of sentences together. Mm-hmm. They use Grammarly to make sure their grammar is really good, right? Right. But they don't tithe at a church. Mm-hmm. They don't serve a church. And they haven't led anyone to Christ. You know, Just so complain. I challenge you if you're a Facebook theologian, I'd like to challenge you at Rev Rod HTX. Hit me up. I'll take you to India. You want with all me. the smoke. Hey, all the smoke. Bring me. <laughs> Bring it. All of it. But listen, I'll take you to India with me. Uh Oh, OK. Hey, when are you going to, in- when you going to-, you going to India? Uh, July of next year. Yeah. Okay. Last so- year when I went in September, <laughs> eight days in India. OK. Uh, it's not a pretty trip. Mm-hmm. It's a very poor country. Right. It's the darkest spiritual country. It's the most unchurched state in the entire world. Really? Orisha, India. Yes. Wow. And I will take you to villages. Don't they worship like cows or something? Yeah, they worship cows. Openly. Yeah. Openly. There's more temples in Odisha than there is in any part of India. It's like super pagan. It's very, you could feel the spiritual darkness upon arrival. But here's what we did Ooh. we had 818 people say yes to Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, they said yes to Jesus, not with a hand raised or a connect card. They stood up. <laughs> they stood up in front of their village mm-hmm. and declared Jesus their Lord and renounced oh, all their pagan gods. From the moment they do that, they are outcasted and persecuted. Mm-hmm. Now that, yeah, that's now that is making progress. Mm-hmm. All the knowledge you have, all the theology you have, all the doctrine and the hermeneutics you got don't mean nothing until you can put your hand to the plow right? and don't look back. And that takes strength. It takes courage. But it also takes humility to say, I don't know it all, mm-hmm. but I want to know him more. Right. The relationship. I think what Facebook theologians forget is what the... The, la- the first evangelist and the last prophet of the Old Testament, John the Baptist, said, he must increase and I must decrease. Faced with theologians, your theology is just increasing your awareness of, mm-hmm. like, that you know more of God, but you're supposed to decrease, and he's supposed to increase. Mm-hmm. And so here's they come out. The se- this is what they say. Well, he hasn't been vetted. He hasn't been through a process. He hasn't been discipled, which is interesting because... The disciples, I mean, Peter cut off Malchus's ear the night Jesus was betrayed. Mm-hmm. Peter was not ready to lead a church. He cut off someone's ear, y'all. Mm-hmm. And fo- 50 days later, he was delivering a masterful sermon where 2,000 people came to Christ and a church was born. So what are we talking about here? <laughs> Is the Holy Spirit not working anymore? Right. Is it not powerful now? Malfunctioning. <laughs> Here's what Acts 4.13 says, uh, that Peter and John went before a council and preached. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they recognized that they were not ordinary men, but as ordinary men, they were untrained, uneducated, had no spiritual training, but they knew one thing about them. They had been with Jesus. Mm-hmm. The moment Kanye opened his mouth and started talking about how he used to chase golden statues 
Yep, he said that at the service. Yes. And now he just chases after God. That's a man that's been with Jesus. When someone says, I just want to radically be obedient to the Lord, that's a man that's been with Jesus. And he also said the only culture he wants to know is, is, you know, about God. Yeah. We we always talk about the culture, you know. Yeah. 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 I I believe God is culture. Mm -hmm. We just keep him out of it. And the last thing he said that I really kind of like, I, it was like I dropped the phone and ha- started having church. <laughs> I was running around the whole house. Yeah, he said, "The path to hell is paved by good people." In other words, you can be a good person all your life, and if you don't claim the Lord Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you're not making it. Now, the second flip of that coin is all it takes is for you to believe. Mm-hmm. You don't. There's no prayer in the Bible. There is no steps. There's no process. That's made up by man. Man made that stuff up. John 3.15 says this. Mm-hmm. If you believe in your heart, you already have eternal life. That's it's as simple. simple as that. Yeah, It's as simple as that. So I think that uh, God will prove once again to the saints that they're wrong mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that they're religious. As usual. I, I believe that, uh, you know, is Kanye's path completely solidified? No. no. I think he still needs to be discipled and developed. I think he needs to still, he's going to have to go through some things. Mm-hmm. I did. But my story is this, is I accepted Jesus when I was 25 years old but didn't have a complete healing of my addictions until 11 years ago. So I went eight years. Mm-hmm. Of running like a with Jesus, having salvation, because I believe Jesus died for my sins, mm-hmm. but I was addicted for eight years. Right. And Jesus never left me, never abandoned me. And the day I got sober, I consecrated myself, I gave myself to the Lord. I said, Lord, do whatever you want with me. Mm-hmm. And from that process, it took eleven years to get to where I am today. Process. It's a process. It's, sure. it's, it's, and this is what we have to do mm-hmm. is be patient with him, mm-hmm. not criticize him, pray for him, believe in him, impart encouragement on him. Mm-hmm. He's on the right path. He's doing the right things. For sure. I also know because when you text me, you wanted to talk a little bit about um, Trump. Oh. Pastors and Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how they're so quick to embrace him. And but not quick Kanye. to Yeah. Yeah, so uh, there's two things I wanted to say is, number one is I want to make everyone aware that don't fall for the stuff the media tries to sell you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be very gospel-centric from this point forward, but I want to tell you that the media is trying to divide us. It's trying to divide people yeah. that look different than each other. Mm-hmm. It's trying to divide people that earn different monies than each other. It's trying to divide people that believe different belief systems. CNN, right? MSNBC, Fox News. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, what ne- no one ever talks about is why was Kanye wearing a MAGA hat and why was he at the White House? Mm-hmm. You know, that media never told us that. Right. But what he was doing was he was meeting Donald Trump for prison reform because mm-hmm. Kim is really big into that. And yeah. she's actively working with the administration along Pastor John Gray. Shout out to my boy, Pastor John, John Gray. Lakewood. <laughs> um, uh, w- in prison reform. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, this was during the time that Kanye was still kind of dealing with his bipolar, and he's Kanye. He's very opinionated. He's going to say some things. Right, and, and that came was, straight off the um, off slavery the was a choice. Yes. Thing. 
Yeah. And so he went, goes into the Oval Office wearing this MAGA hat, talking mm-hmm. about... I, he was proving a point. Mm-hmm. And he was proving a point that we all have to gravitate to. It was dangerous. I do believe it was dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do I do, I do, do not think... I'm going to assume the best. I'm going to stick to my value system. And I'm going to assume that Donald Trump's idea was not to make it uh, a racial thing when he came up with Make America Great Again. Mm-hmm. I think it was a political statement, a tagline to get him elected. But mm-hmm. that is not what it's become. Not it's become all. something different. It's become what the alt-right uses. I think um, he might have not, that might have not been his... Initial. Initial thing. But that phrase coupled with the way he spoke... Yes. And how he was directly talking to the poor white community... Per, you know, yes. for the most part, who, who had been seen to be left out yes. for eight years or more, and he was speaking to them. So you couple that and their beliefs with "Make America Great Again," and then it just became like, okay, this, hope, right? It's a hopeful statement for them, right? It's a hopeful statement for anyone that wants to come out of the mire, mm-hmm. and so that that's where this comes from. So yeah, so the same evangelicals, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be super transparent. White evangelicals. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep it real. You can say that while getting in trouble. No, nah, I, I mean, can't. it is what it is. It <laughs> is. I mean, the white evangelical is the yeah. power of the evangelical church in America. Yeah. Um, you know, is quick to embrace Donald Trump, but haven't been quick to embrace Kanye West. Right. Um, I think um, I will say that racism is embedded in fear. Uh, sure. If you go back mm-hmm. and you study Jim Crow laws or you study the end of slavery, uh, racism is something they embedded into people as a way to try to keep the cash cow going. For sure. And that's really hard to break, y'all. Mm-hmm. That's that's It's very hard to break. So now subconsciously, you can't be a racist without ever using the N-word. That's a fact. Like you don't have to use the N word to be a racist. No, it's an attitude. It's a posture. I always tell people it's like a, you know, like certain leaders, like uh, Al Sharpton or something. They'll want to get rid of the word, and I'm like, if you get rid of the word, then it'll just be replaced with something else. Yeah. Because if a white man come to me and call me a boy in a certain way, that yeah. has the same effect Absolutely. as him using the N word. Absolutely. Yeah. So and that reminds deal me. with the issue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah. a deeper issue. It's a deeper rooted issue. Right. So. This is the problem. There's an inconsistent um, uh, posture Mm -hmm. uh, towards someone that claims to be a Christian, right? right? There's an inconsistent uh, uh, acceptance uh, of these two. By the way, they're very both the same type of person. They are the same in a lot of ways. They're (laughs) very opinionated. Yes. They're iconic, whether mm-hmm. we like Trump or not. It, right. He's iconic. Polarizing. He was iconic before he became president. Oh, for sure. I mean, think about the it. Apprentice. <laughs> the Apprentice. The mm-hmm. Apprentice. How many rap songs have the references A to lot, admiring man. Donald mm-hmm. Trump? Yeah. That changed after the election. Oh, for sure. But it's we still have that icon. Look. I'm at the Trump International. Ask for me. That's, That's right. That's yeah. You know I mean, it's a line. <laughs> yeah. It's iconic. Yeah. So I think Kanye is the same thing. Mm-hmm. There is an inconsistency, and I would say this is if you're if you're inconsistent in this, it glares of the racism that you may be, and it's okay. Here's what I want to say: if you have racist bones, the best way 
to really address it is to acknowledge it and say, oh, man, yeah, I might be a little racist. Here's right. a confession. I was a racist. Mm -hmm. I hated white people until 11 years ago. And when I got sober, right, all my friends, all my homies, <laughs> all my homies that did drugs with me and drank with me and went to the strip clubs with me, they were nowhere to be found. They weren't there when I was struggling financially. Mm -hmm. They weren't there when I didn't know how to pay my bills. You know who were there? You know who Jesus put in my life? <laughs> the people you hated. Midwestern white people. Yeah. <laughs> and God really healed my heart. And I started to realize that, you know, there are good white people. Mm -hmm. There's sure. no such thing as bad white people. It's just bad people. Yeah. Period. And so I started looking deep inside and really kind of, but the first thing you have to do is I had to admit to myself, oh man, this whole time I'm thinking I'm like anti-racism and I was a racist myself, right? you know? So you have to process that. You have to really become aware of it and acknowledge it. But yeah, that is a problem, an inconsistent behavior in the white evangelicals mm -hmm. um, as far as, plus I think that, I think that as a white evangelical, um, and as a man that loves the gospel, I love the gospel. I love Jesus. I love the message. Uh, I do believe that God has sovereignly put Donald Trump in office. Me and my aunt were talking about this, yeah. this morning. And it's to awaken us. Mm -hmm. To awaken us. Mm -hmm. Did you know that in the Bible it says that Balaam's donkey talked to him? If he can make a donkey talk. Yep. But it was to grab Balaam's attention. Now, mm -hmm. It was, Balaam, wake up. Right. Could it be, I'm just saying, could it be this is a calling for us to wake up? It could be. To wake up. And In so, a lot of different ways, too. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it, not just, and I'm not saying Donald Trump is bad, by the way. Mm -hmm. What I'm trying to say is we've walked away from the purpose that the church should be praying for our leader. And I still believe in the power of prayer. And I believe that if we prayed, instead of, instead of playing politics and investing our coins into the policies, Mm -hmm. We think that changing the Constitution to ban abortion is going to get rid of abortion. Mm -hmm. no, I have a cousin that's like third third cousin uh, uh, in Chile was where I'm from. Abortions were illegal for many years. Mm -hmm. um, and she died because she had an illegal abortion. Mm -hmm. So it does not stop it. It just claims more lives. I was thinking about this on the way here. Like trying to find a balance between having an intellectual opinion and a spiritual opinion yeah. because it's like I mm -hmm. you know I argue all the time like we need reparations or we need this and it's like policy talk with mm -hmm. like for black people mm -hmm. and which by the way I want to make clear I'm not for abortion no yeah uh, I'm just clear. saying I'm like, making <laughs> a point that we can't policy people into good behavior right so it's like that balance. Like, how do you balance that? Because on one hand, or is it both? Like I said, I mean, do you have to balance it? Because on one hand, you do need laws, you know, you know, in, in place and things like structure mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and financing institutions so people can be yeah. better people. Like I was talking to somebody, like these people on Facebook were like, because, you know, Beto said we're taking your guns, and they were like, you know, try to take the guns from cr the criminals in Chicago. And I'm like... First of all, he was talking about, you know, uh, 
assault rifles. They don't have those in Chicago. No. Then I said since 1982, like 65 of 114 mass shootings were not done by the criminals in Chicago. So you know that you know whenever they bring up Chicago, that's like cold. For, mm-hmm. You know that's cold racism to me. Yeah, of course it is. You know what I mean? So Chirac. I was like, yeah. So I was like, to me, I was like, I hate when people you know you point to Chicago but don't want to talk about the things that's creating it. Like you mm-hmm. talk about this, but there's so much around it. Like okay, mm-hmm. if you want to um, end poverty, create jobs. If you want to stop crime. Mm-hmm. Create jobs and have better education. Mm-hmm. Let's start, let's talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> like if we could talk about that, and that'll illuminate all that. Or how about you can go in any hood in America and they'll have a gun store and a liquor store right next to each other, and they were not put there by the citizens of that community. Correct. So correct. But on the other hand, <laughs> right, you can do this, and like you can give somebody who didn't have money money, but they'll still be stuck in that mindset mm-hmm. that they used to have. So it's like. Okay, do I, you know, talk about the, you know, intellectual stuff or do I focus on, you know, getting the the person to be a, just a better person and that'll fix it? So like, I don't know. I think that it's both and. Yeah. Um I think the apostle Paul, I bring up apostle Paul is one of my heroes in the yeah. Bible because <laughs> my story and his story are very similar. I was so anti-God and God uses me now and mm-hmm. that's was Paul. But Paul was very well educated. He yeah. he knew he was he was an attorney. Mm-hmm. He knew the law. He was a Roman citizen. He, it's throughout Scripture, right? And he was both an intellectual and he was a spiritual man. I think you do have to find the balance. Yeah, you have to find the balance as to again intellectually. Hey, listen, there's nothing we can do. Donald Trump is our president. Spiritually, mm-hmm. we should be praying for him. God put him in office for a reason, right? Right. You have to balance these two things. Now it's here. Where I don't have to prove a point. By the way, there's there's fe- Facebook theologians and then there's Facebook politicians. For sure, they they mm-hmm. go out and they they don't tell you openly they voted for Donald Trump, mm-hmm. but everything they post is yeah, pro Donald Trump. Pro, so yeah. like, okay, we get it. Yeah. You love Donald Trump, right. you know, uh, or either vice versa. Have on the other way, uh, the other way, like. Let people you know that, that we hate Donald Trump. We hate yeah. Donald Trump. Yeah. And it's both just silly, mm-hmm. you know, because none of it is, all it's doing is turning people off of your Facebook feed or what you have right. to say. But I think you need to have a balance of these two things. It is both and. You have to be intellectually driven to what 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 you're about. Right. But you also have the spiritual, you have to see where God is in all that. Gotcha. Again, that's, that's again, the intellectual part of, of Kanye is that man he is you know what I really think most Christians are really upset about Kanye he got more pull than you yep I was about to say that he, he got, got more pull than you that's what you're scared man. of that's what you're but yeah. God please don't let him start a church boy yeah. that he I think Kanye's <laughs> plants a church he starts with a mega church oh for sure like, everybody's everybody's pulling up to Kanye's church that's right and don't let him don't <laughs> let him, don't let him hire everybody. Justin Bieber as the main worship leader. For That's a wrap. <laughs> you got both ends, oh, yeah, you, you know. The, the Bieber fanatics and, yeah, and, and Kanye West. That's yeah. a wrap. Joel Osteen gonna have to yeah. He's move know over. What he gonna do? That's <laughs> it. Move over. <laughs> yeah. But th- sure. but I think that that um, the the intellectual side is I, that makes perfect sense. He's yeah. got an audience. Mm-hmm. He's got pull. By the way, here's the thing that a lot of Christians don't realize is he's going to lose millions of dollars. His yeah. message 
bothers people. His message disrupts Hollywood yep. and the music industry. I do believe the devil's tentacles are in it. And right now, Kanye is a sore thumb for him, which is good. That's what we want. Right. We're forgetting that part. The intellectual part here is he is in a position of power, of great influence. The mm -hmm. spiritual side is God can do an amazing thing with a broken man. Yeah. And so you have to use these two things mm -hmm. to really come to a solid, firm ground. Right. Lastly, I'll say Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, you're right, mm -hmm. character. I said this uh, on an Instagram post a, a couple weeks ago when mm -hmm. he started first acting up. I, I'm, I'm not judging Antonio Brown for the man. I'm judging him on his character mm -hmm. and what he is doing. Number one, he's declared his faith over and over in his Instagram feeds. Mm -hmm. Therefore, he is a brethren. He is not a new believer. Uh, there's a different accountability according to the Bible when it comes to believers. He should know better. Mm -hmm. he, he should be walking a path of humility. He should be walking a path of uh, bringing light into a dark world. And he's bringing the light upon himself. And, and Very self-centered. All the things he did were very self-centered, mm -hmm. very childish, truth be told. It's kind of sad. Yeah. It's kind of like Antonio. Like, come on, bro. Like, but he is dealing with something. I don't know he, what it is. He's bipolarism. Yeah, and he's it's unchecked. Mm -hmm. All the people around him will not tell him you got to get help. Mm -hmm. They're just letting them all go all willy nilly with his bipolarism because he's got money. Right. I believe now that he doesn't have the money or he's gonna lose money is where he's really gonna find. That's what I'm hopeful for. Yeah. Is that he'll get some help. And I'm hoping, and it would be an amazing story to see Antonio Brown playing next year for another team yeah, and making a career out of himself. Mm -hmm. But by admitting, hey, I was wrong. There was so I, I was dealing with whatever it is. Be like Kanye. Right. Be like Kanye. Be that's open about it. That's what you have it. to do. You have to. That's like the first step is like, let I remember okay, on Jay-Z's 444 album, mm -hmm. the first song mm -hmm. is Kill Jay-Z. And, yeah. and he was like, I had to start there to kill my ego so I can talk about, yeah. you know, the infidelity and this and that. You know, I had mm -hmm. to kill my ego first. Mm -hmm. Let mm -hmm. that go. Mm -hmm. And then we had this these deeper conversation. Yeah. That's like the first I'm going to open up a can of worms, but mm -hmm. not to go longer. But I think Jay-Z is also, also going through a spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. He's just processing it a little bit different because Kanye isn't more than an intellectual. Right. He's more, way more rooted in the business aspect, and he's mm -hmm. not bipolar. So he's a more yeah. logical person. Right. So, But his path is taking light. That whole album, you could tell, was like, like a healing process. I told my wife the spiritual shit really worked. Yeah, yeah. it does. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it is. They're finding some healing. They're finding some. And that's great. That's yeah. what I, I think. I'm actually interviewing his nephew Saturday. Really? Yeah. That's dope. That's so really dope. No, no, no. I love. I mean, I'm. I'm, a, I'm a, I love Hove. Yeah. Uh, I think he's an icon in art. Yeah. In, in, my in the hip hop. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's. Top ten, you know, top ten. Okay, we're not gonna get top to that right 10, now. But what we can get into, I'm older than you, so top you gotta one. understand. But can I? I'm, I'm a, I give you my top go, three. Can, before we go, we gotta get into this. Okay, go. You a Kanye stan? So give me his top three albums. Definitely college dropout. That's number one. Number one. Okay. Number two, heartbreaks and 808s. Okay. And then the third one is hard, man. 
want to say? I'm going to go with graduration. Oh, but so go my ahead. twisted dark fantasy is not in your top three. That's the tie. To but me, that is the best rap. I'm not talking about lyrics. That is the best rap album ever to me. No, to me. Well, yeah, that's yes. good. Uh, that's good. Come that on, you can say just that. the production but, and all that. Only pr- only production I album was, that's messing with that is the Chronic. That's the tie, mm-hmm. right? Right. And and I think also like you know the video things he did with that mm-hmm. album is so unique. Yeah. I think graduation for me is nostalgic. I was okay. in a certain place in my life when graduation came out, and morning. the songs connected can't me. Tell me nothing. Yeah, can't tell me nothing. The stronger. Yeah, it just connected. Good life. Okay. Yeah, okay. it connected mm-hmm. me. It's yeah. more nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I can appreciate the art. Right. It's your personal top three. You know, yeah. You know, but okay. best album of all times, Chronic. Yeah, I, okay. Second best album of, of all time, Chronic. Okay. All Eyes on Me. Okay. Third album. Tupac. Okay. 36 Chambers. Man. Wu-Tang. Okay. What a chill. Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang. Have Ford, you saw their, the Wu-Tang thing die. on Amazon? Huh? That was like a Wu-Tang. Yes, thing. I'm you watching talk, it. it like on Hulu. Uh, oh, yeah, we call it Wu Tang Wednesdays. We can't wait for Wednesday to come out. I'm, I'm a killer B. I'm the unofficial tenth member of the Wu Tang Clan. Shout out to Shaolin. Yeah, nine members. Wow. Yeah, nine <laughs> members. I love. I mean, they they besides NWA's the most prolific, uh, groundbreaking rap artists. Let's talk about how underrated Ice Cube is. Super underrated. Ice Cube wrote all of NWA stuff and his stuff. And Easy E. And Easy E. So that's like Prince Mm -hmm. writing for Morris Day. Mm -hmm. That's a whole nother character Mm -hmm. that this guy created. Mm -hmm. And he wrote Friday movies. Yeah. 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 My favorite album, though, is Mm -hmm. uh, America's Most Wanted, though. Man. Oh, my God. That thing (laughs) is a piece of artwork. It really is. Top five, man. Cute. People sleep on Cube. Yeah, his pen game is strong. Yeah. So my my top five rappers of all time: mm-hmm. Pac, Biggie, Nas. Okay, y'all ready? Scarface, shout out to H Town, storyteller, yep. representing H Town, mm-hmm. and then I would have to use you guys. Probably this has been a while. I haven't updated it. I used to say Rakim. I think Kendrick Lamar is number five. Kendrick is in my top five already. Yeah, he's he's there. But I'm going to tell you why. And then I, I'm going to bring J. Cole right underneath him. Cole, okay. Okay, this is your personal top five. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to tell you why everybody should have J number one on, as not personal, just as, you know. He's number eight in my book. He's number one just overall, just not on your personal list. Okay. I'm going to tell you why. You can dispute lyrics because lyrics is like a personal thing. Sure. Like you can, I don't even want to get into that. But I'm just talking resume. The dude oh, is, yeah, yeah. The, no the, doubt. Off a of resume alone, just yeah. resume, because that's how you like yeah. stats. Yeah. He's Michael Jordan. You know, longevity, 50 years old, dropped a classic album that's never been done before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, just 20 years and he's still relevant mm-hmm. in his career. Just from that, I'm just, Hove is number one. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not talking about you have to put him on your personal. I'm just saying, uh, like, definitely. You know, back. Well, he I would the put the number one businessman in the... You're going to say Master P? No, oh, sorry. Oh, okay. I was going to say Master P. Master P is up there. It's, it's, it's Puff. Puff? Puff? Hey, we hit a Billy first over here, though. You know what I mean? Puff. Hove, we hit a billion, oh, Billy first. Puff. <laughs> Puff. 
Puff is making money. He and I don't even know how Puff makes money. Oh, and I'm gonna tell you why. Genius. Because he doesn't have any artists really, but, and so Rock cannot listen. be making him that much money. I'm like, where's all this money coming the from? Trinity, <laughs> the Trinity of the, well, yeah. the Trinity of like I would say, uh, black music industry or entertainment, like almost rock star status production yeah. is gonna be Jay Z, mm-hmm. Puff Daddy, and Dr. Dre. For sure, those are bi- all billionaires. Like they're yeah. the Rockefellers of hip hop. Yes. Of sure. music industry because yes. they're into R and B and and rock music and, and everything. Kanye is on his way. Yes, I'm gonna tell is. you why. Because Forbes evaluated the projected sales of Yeezy brand next year, and it's like 1.5 billion dollars, and wow. he owns 100 percent of that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think the Mary and Kim was definitely a business decision because they make money over there. Okay. Like, yeah, when, yeah. When he went there, I'm not saying he don't love Kim, but when he went there, he was in debt. Now, think, now, last year he made 150 million. You know, I gotta be honest with you. Like, even there, I think God's hand was in all that because mm-hmm. Kim was searching for, uh, 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 you know, to awaken her spiritual life. Mm-hmm. She's really the one that had the relationship with Rich that Wilkerson. Whole, you know, their family like goes to Bible study often. If you, you yeah, know, if you just glance at the show, they always like at Bible study or blah blah blah. Yeah, and that that's yeah. really started with Kim and Rich Wilkerson. Mm-hmm. So when when Kanye comes into the fold. It's kind of like the introduction, which, by the way, that's my story. Mm-hmm. My wife is really the one that prayed Jesus into me. She literally did. Always got to have a good like, woman. Bro, I was a <laughs> heathen, 17-year-old <laughs> heathen in high school. <laughs> and my wife heard the voice of God say, that's your husband. And mm. she said, but why? He's so bad. <laughs> you need to pray me into him. And, and she did. And here we are, you know. So, that's But up, it man. can happen. It can happen. Yeah, that's every what's up. man y'all mentioned has a good woman. That's what I Absolutely. Feel like That's a, true. a man can only be yeah. a man, but yeah. you get your woman, you are the man. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Hove, Hove, you know, Beyonce's H-Town. pastor. H Town. Right Beyonce's pastor, Pastor Rudy. Shout out to Pastor Rudy. Mm-hmm. Uh man, like he's he's travailed with them mm-hmm. through all this stuff. So that stuff seems man, you know, uh, we'll be, we've been talking about it seems like the God has been really moving through these celebs, bro. Like I'm telling look how you, how many celebs read a name with like you know yeah, their I'm pastor, this pastor. Yeah, wow. I mean, here's how it works. Mm-hmm. You have to know that you're set apart, but you're gonna have to infiltrate culture For to sure. make an impact. For sure. And listen, Jesus had Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Here's what no one ever talks about those three. They were wealthy. They were guapped up. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus saved them, when Jesus be, like came into their house, Jesus' mystery was set. That's it. They had money. They, these right. people were wealthy. You know? Yeah. There's instances in where Zacchaeus, mm-hmm. that dude was a mob boss. And Jesus says, tonight, I'm going to have dinner at your house. <laughs> and that was it. So... The examples of infiltration into culture are even blueprinted by Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. He gave us the blueprint for all this. Mm-hmm. We have to take it and not treat them as villains. The last thing I'll say is this. Recently, I saw a Facebook video. I know there's a pastor named Todd White. Uh, he's a white dude with dreadlocks. Um, has a similar story than mine. Was an addict for many years. Radically saved. Like well, the way... Like, I gave myself to Jesus. I was alone. I was not at a church. I didn't have a Bible. I was Mm -hmm. me and myself uh, on a park bench under a tree. Mm -hmm. And uh, Todd White, same type of thing. He was out in the streets, addicted to meth, uh, I believe it was. 
And he took to like, you know, uh, learning about God. And he has a very clear, distinct message, which is biblical. But one of his main things is he's unapologetically evangelistic, like I am, right? Mm -hmm. But evangelism or reaching people for God is the only vehicle that will get you there is unconditional love. Now, there's many stories I could tell you that I've seen of Todd White, but here's the one I want to tell you. is Recently, mm -hmm. po I posted it on my Facebook feed, is he was in Brazil. And in Brazil, they have a, a festival that he heard about where they worship Satan. Like openly, like it's out in the open. They all dress in like demon gear and red eyes. And it's like super like mocking God, upside down crosses and, you know, people, you know, just crazy stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's people walking around like, you know, like being probably drawn into this darkness. And here comes Todd White with his little interpreter. And they walk into the crowd and they see this guy wearing these horns and stuff. And he starts walking up to him, and he just strikes up a conversation. He doesn't hit him with the Bible. He doesn't mm -hmm. hit him with Bible verses. Ask him his name. Ask him what he's about. Ask him what he's passionate about. The guy loves art. And then the Lord reveals to Todd, you know, some things about him. And he starts telling him, hey, God's telling me this about you, this about you, this about you. All encouraging, positive things. And after, you know, 30 minutes, it's trimmed down the videos trimmed down to about five minutes but basically here's a a person that worships satan and a vessel of god is meeting them unconditionally is not asking anything of them is not inviting them to the church he says at the end of this can i pray for you mm -hmm. and there's this moment where he lays his hands on him and i couldn't help but break down and start crying because that's how i believe what god wants us to do is to take the most the thing that we revile the most, the thing that we kind of like, ooh, right? Mm -hmm. And he wants us to touch that the way he touched lepers. Mm -hmm. And we can't do that if we have a standoff approach of Kanye did that, Ho did this, the rap industry did no, this. Trump did that. Trump did this, mm -hmm. the politicians did that, right. et cetera, et cetera. We have to put our hands on the broken the way Jesus put hands on lepers. This is how we're going to heal the world. This is how the gospel will move forward. Right. Well, guys, you don't need to go to church Sunday. You got your sermon here. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> but if you're looking for a church, 2800 Antoine, 930 15. There it is. Come as you are, as wild as you are, even if you smell like weed. Come on in. We good. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, all right, I'll be there Sunday. <laughs> all right, man, thank you for coming on again. This you probably bet. won't be our last conversation. Nah, absolutely. Uh, next time we'll do this with Kanye. All right, come on. You know, Let's so. go. Let's <laughs> prophetically speak it into existence. Right, right Kanye, here. we waiting for you. Right here, episode 42. And it happens, you come back to this, and you'll be like, Ooh, we spoke that. They spoke it. Come on for now. Sure. Amen. And that's it. We out. Peace. Peace. All right, we're going live, episode 43 of the All That Podcast. I got my guy with me, Rail Carter. Yep. What's happening? I'm good. How you, man? I'm good, man. So we, we're alive. You know, I didn't, wasn't expecting to be at the place, but we at the place, so it's even better. The energy, crazy. Right, right. So uh, we had the culture too. tour. It's hot. You hot? Yeah, we I'm in Texas, man. You ain't, you ain't used to that Texas heat. Uh, <laughs> it's a different breed out here. Yeah, y'all got global warming all year round. <laughs> With. Facts. So we had the culture tour. Can you tell the people a little bit about the culture tour, how you got started? Oh, uh, man. So the culture tour is just a place, a platform 
you know, for upcoming artists and, you know, just, just um, a good place for people to network, period, whether you're an artist, whether you're a manager, whether you want to be an A&R, you know, anything that has to do with entertainment from the arts to fashion and everything. We welcome everybody. Um, so we started about two years ago and we just had this idea like, yo, it actually came up from an artist okay. who felt like there was not enough knowledge out there for upcoming artists, you know, independent artists. So we just came up with this platform to just bring everybody together and just vibe out. Because think about it. Think about how many artists might be in here tonight from this same city right. that don't know each other. That's true. Actually, when I walked in, because my friend, is, she signed up for the culture tour. Right. And so this girl came set with us, and they, you know, they exchanged Instagrams. And so they, you know, they can network now, get on the track together or exactly. whatever. Exactly. She, that's what it's for. It's not about leaving with a record deal, things like that. It's about leaving with the knowledge that you're going to get from the workshop. The knowledge you're gonna get from the Q and A with me, and then you get to perform and get feedback from the actual person that's in the industry. You know, a lot of people in the industry don't come outside anymore. You know, right. They do a lot of their stuff from their desk or from the internet, but I still feel like we need to come out and touch the people. Facts. So I didn't mention this in the beginning, but Rail, you know, you're an A and R Rock Nation. I, that's what they tell me. That's what they tell you. Yeah. All you got to do is say podcast with me. Right, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. No, no, no. Oh. No, not oh. with me. Oh. Not, no, no, no. Oh, okay. My bad. No, no, no. Correct no, no. me. Correct me. He's my <laughs> co-host. Oh. <laughs> Mim the co-host, cause he's not there all the time anyway. No, he wasn't. <laughs> it, it didn't start with him either. He tried to come bogart us. We had him on as a guest, and we left with a fucking co-host. <laughs> Which is cool. It's cool though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, so a lot of people will be like, okay. You know, Rail, obviously, your uncle is Jay-Z, so they feel like, okay, I mean, you might have got I mean, your... the DNA test ain't come back on that yet. Oh, but... ain't, okay. Yeah. So the, it's still... That's what they say. The jury's still out, but you know... Yeah, yeah, that's what they say. We, we'll take it, you know uh, what I mean? It's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, not at all. But, you know, people will be like, ah, you know, his uncle, Rock Nation, so he got that. But I know from doing my research that, you know, you, you know, right. had to work a little bit to get that spot, so can you take sure. us through... Like the process to get to A and R Rail, do say podcast Rail, culture uh, tour Rail. Um. So when I graduated college, um, you know, at that point, you know, you're in the period of like I'm going back to fuck home. Right. Um, what I'm about to do with my life. So. Right. I had an idea. Like everything I kept thinking about, like what passed, because you know, my whole thing was sports, sports, sports. I even went to school for business just so I could do hotel management. I was about to ask you that, too. What but then, yeah, yeah I, then she, clearly it didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, I'm just at home, and I'm like, yo, what the fuck am I about to do? Everything just kept coming back to music. Back to mm-hmm. music. So I called my home, but I'm like, yo, we should start a management company, blindly, like, not knowing shit. He like, yo, let's do it. You know you got that friend that's always, like, down for whatever. Yeah, man, like, let's do it, man. Like, yo, let's yeah. go rob somebody right now. Yeah. He's like, nigga, let's do oh, it. Let's go. You know, shit like that. Not <laughs> yeah. that we robbing anybody, so don't, you know. Yeah, disclaimer. But, yeah, yeah so... We started the company. We looked up how to fucking LLC. It cost us like a thousand dollars. We put our money together. We had a company. Now I had to go figure out how to fucking actually run this company. Right. Right. So. We go get. I gotta get that picture, man. We shooting a podcast tonight. Can we take? Oh that yeah, we like. Uh, we literally shooting. Wait, wait, wait. Right now. wait. Oh wait. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, my bad. Man. No, you good. We can take it after. Yeah, yeah. You know, a real, you know, a real celebrity. So you know, people coming up. Nah, you feel nah, me? But yeah, nah, go ahead. Nah. <laughs> so, yeah. so when we in there, so we like, yo, what we gonna do? Mm-hmm. So I like, I called um, Jay Brown, who is the founder of Rock Nation. You know, so I called him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, I, I need to do something. Like, can I get an internship just so I can learn the business and take what I learned and bring it back to the company? Right. And they're like, yeah, yeah, come through. What you wanna do? So. My whole thing was management. Remember, I started a management company. 
They didn't put me in that department. They put me in the fucking A and R department. They're like, yeah, just go report. Total the, opposite. Just go you. report to Tata. He'll take care of it. Yeah. Report to Tata. He's giving us all these these extreme tasks and things of that nature. I'm like, when am I gonna learn what I want to know? Like, when right. am I gonna learn about management? Blah 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 blah. But then after a while, you know, just doing all the A and R stuff, grew to love it. Um, and from there, uh, the podcast came about because. So I was talking to Tech Stone, you know, mm-hmm. free Tech Stone is my guy. Yeah. And we were just talking. I'm just like, I'm just chopping it up with him at the office. And I'm just asking, I'm like, yo, bro, what I got to do is start a podcast. He's like, yo, you should think about it, yo, because you funny as hell. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So then after that, you know, that was literally the day that all that shit happened with him. Yeah. You know, at Urban Plaza and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you just in front of the camera. Yeah. Hey, good. It's all good. It's all good, man. <laughs> this shit about to be all bad. Nah, we hey, got don't it. edit none of this shit out. Either. None of it. We got it. This is this is all raw and uncut. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe somebody should stand there and be like, "Look, go the yeah, fuck there around." Yeah, we need a, a border. There you go. <laughs> but, so then after that, mm-hmm. we like um, now I look like y'all playing musical chairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for the people that can't see it, the yeah. setup is crazy. Yeah. So after that, um, I walk into the office one day and Emery looks at me and says, "Yo, you need your own podcast." Emery Jones in the caravan. Yeah. So from <laughs> that, I'm like, yeah. "This is a this is a given." Like, right. so I went to Brian Axelrod, who was with Deuce at the time. Mm-hmm. I said, "Bro, I'm about to do a podcast. You want to be on it with me?" And he he like, "Fuck it, let's do it." <laughs> so from there, I was just like, "Yo." So for the people that don't know. Do Say Friday is a real thing. It's not just a name of a podcast. Yeah. Do Say Friday is something that Hove started years ago in the office. Oh, okay. Every Friday at like around 5 p.m., mm-hmm. the whole company would come together and just drink and take the edge off from the week and just, you know, you know mingle with your coworkers and stuff. Right. So that's how Do Say, the name Do Say Friday actually came up. And I was like, you know, this was still in the, not the beginning stages of Do Say, but still in the point where we need everything branding wise so right. I was just like yo why not name it Deuce Friday so we used to shoot on Friday and release it that night came to find out nobody listens to no fucking podcast after they get off work no so we yeah. just switched that whole formula to drop it Friday in the morning and then yeah that's how that's that got started the funniest episode to me was when your moms came on which one like when she was at I saw been, I think I, I saw one I didn't see I only see one that she was on no, I'm good. She been on a couple. Um, Man, she is hilarious. She bombarded a couple. She was <laughs> yeah. an actual guest, like once. No, nah, yeah, the other time she just came in. She all the like, other time she doing? just walked. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's yeah. her. That's her. That's, that's just her. All right, for those who don't know, can you take us through like your when you walk in the office every day? What does an A and R do? Well, I don't know what they do, but well, what, what I do. Rail is, do? Um, <laughs> I'll be bullshit. I ain't gonna even lie. I do a lot of bullshit. Yeah. Uh, nah, I'll fuck with you. So I mean, it depends, you know. So it's two parts to A It's actually finding the talent, mm-hmm. but then aside from finding the talent, it's finding the record. Right. So you could be an A and R. Hey, actually, can you give me one of those? Can you give me one of those? A Stella. No, not the one you just fucking drunk <laughs> off of. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to think about it. It's two parts. So it's <laughs> Corona. What's salt in the line? Do say. Uh, I, yeah, do say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's two parts. So, it's finding the talent. Right. And it's finding the record. So, after, let's say I find somebody here tonight. And I sign them. Now, we actually have to get to the A&R part where that's putting together the music. Yeah. So, that's getting the budget and then controlling the budget to the, you know, record and mm-hmm. get 
music out of it. Right. You know, people just think that the A and R part, you finding the talent, but no, we the ones that actually go in the studio and we help create these songs. Yeah, we don't just I right, go so to the studio. You're kind of like a producer in a way. I mean, I mean not a producer, but we have the air to be like, yo, that don't sound good. This yeah. sounds good. Maybe you should switch those words. Right. It's kind of producing a track. That's what, oh. It's kind of like, uh, yeah. So it's kind of like producing a track, but not actually making the beat production wise. Gotcha. You know, um, yeah. So, and then, you know, just chilling emails. We have a lot of meetings every week, mm-hmm. you know, just to make sure everybody on their shit and. You know, we got a, a big roster, so we always constantly got artists working and projects coming. So, I mean, it could be anything. I feel like the last... No, no two yeah. days are alike. Right. I promise you that. I feel like the landscape of A&R might have changed a lot because I feel like back in the day, you know, you get a tape, CD, or uh, word of mouth, and you hear about the artist, you go see them. But now, are you, like, on social media all the time, like, looking or blah, 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 or... I don't be on social media looking. If I okay. come across something, then I come across it. Okay. I'm literally on social media for... My own fucking personal entertainment. Right, not for. That's why I artists. did. That's why I did stuff like this so I can actually come out and meet the artist. Cause you can meet somebody with a good song and then it's like, okay, but imagine you know just touching the city and right. actually having the people city. Cause it, you gotta think about it. A lot of these people that make music, they get discovered because they're like, yo, I'm never gonna get discovered. Cause maybe they don't have enough people on Instagram that follow them. Or right. Maybe they don't have enough views on Instagram, so people like me would never see it. Mm-hmm. But if I come to your city and you hear about somebody. Or anybody that's in the music industry, executive wise, coming into your city, you're gonna pull up. Right. You yeah. Know? So, what advice? And it gets you... me out the office too. That's another thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be in the office on the day, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. You get to travel a little bit. You know what I mean? We kind of it's kind of hot out here, but you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a good not city. Not kinda. Ain't nothing that's... kinda about this place. I mean, this is a good day. This I is a this is a cool day people. for us. No, I, love, I bet, but y'all used to it. We got a little breeze. We we don't not act. It's fucking mid-September. It's about to be October. Facts. It's fucking 90 degrees. <laughs> what advice would you give to, like, an upcoming artist? I mean, so much stuff. I mean, about I think, how to get your attention, per se. You just got to be yourself. Be original. Be yeah. energetic. You know, be dope. Be talented, of course. Yeah. But you know, with, even with me, like even when I meet people that's dope, if I don't fuck with them or vibe with them on a personal level, I can't work with them. So, okay. I mean, you know, just always stay true to yourself. Don't follow the wave, because a lot of people that follow the wave don't make it, because we already have an A Boogie. We already have an Uzi Vert. Right. So when people be like, yeah, this is my Uzi Vert sounding song, I'm like, but well, Uzi already made that sound, so why don't you figure out another sound and give that Just like him. Right, because you're not going to be bigger than... I mean, not saying no one's going to be bigger, but... Right. Uzi Vert has that lane already. You're not going to come in and just snatch the shit from him easily. Exactly. So, this is going a little left, but I always wonder this. So, obviously, you know, your aunt and your uncle... Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, you know, we ain't got She's the test here, back yet. Right? She's from the age. Of yeah, course. so allegedly. Down the street, actually. Oh, wow. I'm about yeah. to go over there. Yeah, go over there. But, uh... Because y'all don't ever, they get a lot of backlash, you know, now, you know, the NFL stuff, blah, 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 people like, oh, Jay this, Jay this. But y'all never respond, I don't ever see y'all respond. So, is that a, like a thing he, he told y'all, like, don't don't respond, or did y'all just be like, y'all so used to it, to where y'all like, oh, you know, fuck it, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about, so, you know what I mean, we're just gonna go on with it. No, I don't think it's a, no, we never had a conversation where okay. anyone said don't respond. Right. But it's also, think about anybody, you know, anybody, whether you know, at the end of the day, it's family, right? Right. You don't respond on the shit your family do. If you know your family, you know where they heart is. Right. So it doesn't make sense for me to be here responding to people when they say, 
oh, he's doing them dirty. I'm like, yo, he, his track record shows different. He don't have any negative track. He don't have a negative track record. So why in my mind would I ever defend it? Especially, and then it's also, think about this way, right? Mm-hmm. You have an aunt and uncle, right? right? Let's say, just think about somebody that's not in the limelight. I'm sort of in the limelight, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Think about the people in the You're family. a big deal, real. Think about the people that's <laughs> in family with big stars. Like, look at Tom Cruise. Right. If somebody says something negative about him, you don't see none of his family that's true. say anything. That's true. That's true. You know, it's family, you know? And even if we think any slight yeah. or think anything negative, we'll be like, yo, like, what's the real situation behind it? Like, you know, yeah. when you have your family talk, but... It never came to a point where we needed to talk to him because, gotcha. you know, he never proved us wrong, you know, yeah. or made us think otherwise about his character. So mm-hmm. The reason I ask is because, you know, you see, like, uh, Michael Jackson's nephews and stuff, they always on Twitter. I mean, I guess that's a totally different situation. But, you know, they stay, they don't stay on social I media. I that like, so funny. Like, <laughs> I, first of all, if 50 Cent say something wild about Hope, I'm not, com- I'm not saying anything back say to that man. Crazy that nigga is crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you don't know what's going to come out of his mouth, so I would At never all. even do that. Like, yeah. you just got to let people just be them. Like, that man's entitled to his opinion. If he say Chris, he didn't say Chris Brown's better than Michael Jackson mm-hmm. whatsoever. He shouldn't have He said, said he pretty much, the Michael Jackson of this era is how I took it. Mm-hmm. What's, you don't get mad about that. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Right, but people, you know, people, we, we live in the extremist era, you know. Think about the people that don't know Michael Jackson only know Chris Brown. Right. So they seeing him do this shit and they're amazed, just like how those people was mm-hmm. when they saw Mike. Michael doing mm-hmm. the shit that he was doing. Yeah. Even though, and I'm not saying it just because you're right here. I always say that the only person, performance-wise, that needs to be it's even Beyonce. mentioned in that it's same Beyonce. class is Beyonce. And me, because yeah. um, no one knows this, <laughs> but you know, sometimes when Beyonce gets tired and you know she's a human, she get worked up and get like you know she be needing bed rest and shit, but she got shows. Right. I definitely feel in for her, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I don't look the part, but, yeah, but when you, I touch you, that stage, I'm up. So, the internet thing is Blue that's running, but it's really real that's running the show. Yeah, Blue, yeah, Blue's just a, a kid. She, yeah. You know, she don't have this. She's not up there yet. <laughs> she don't want to battle. I feel she don't want. She don't want to smoke? No. No, she no don't not at all. Um, I don't want to keep you too long. You know, we got, obviously got an event. So, lastly, you know, I'll just... You know, tell the people, you know, that's watching from other cities and you might be going to that city next, you know, just to tell tell them where, you know, where they can sign up, where they, you know, the uh, website information. It's railcarterculturetour.com mm-hmm. or they can follow the page, railcarterculturetour on Instagram for all details. Um, we got some more stops to make this year. Okay. So look out for those. Um, we go to Connecticut after this on October 6th. Um, then we got we working on some other stuff. We gonna do a like a nice little West Coast run. Probably do like three like Vegas and two oh, other yeah. cities. Got um, out there. Vegas sure. about to be hot like this too, so I'm not even prepared. <laughs> Dry but, heat. You know, I need to, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> we coming. A lot a lot more announcements to come. Facts. All right, guys. It's Real Carter, man. Thank you for uh, coming on the show. I appreciate it. And uh, we getting ready to start this culture tour. Well, he is. You know, I'm just here. Yeah, I'm just here. Too. I'm not starting nothing. No, you spectating too. Yeah. I forgot. You know, you do. Beyonce, the uh, stunt man. Try so to tell you're him. a big deal. Try to tell him. You know I mean? <laughs> All right, folks, we out. Peace. <laughs>